Hi there, welcome back to another episode of the Mind Your Liberty podcast, where we're looking at liberty, what it is, why you should care about it, and how to defend it. Today's date is June 26th, 2023. It's been a little while, I was slacking off, or busy, but I'm here now. Now today, we don't actually have an interview, as I was hoping to have, and it's been harder to schedule those than I've anticipated. It's kind of a, it's hard to get guests with a low subscription count, listener count, but it's hard to keep a high listener count with only doing one episode every month, even at its best. So it's where I find myself. I'm still working that out. I really do enjoy doing the podcast. I just have a hard time fitting it in, especially these last couple months. You'd be happy to hear my shoulder is healing up very well. My collarbone is healing up. I can move my arm all over the place. I'm back to work now, have been for a few weeks, which adds to the busyness. And I might say more about that in a later episode. Might do a double header here since I've slacked off. But uh, today I have a historical reading for you. I've really missed doing the historical readings, learning that for myself, passing that on to my audience. So I have a historical reading today from June of 1776. June 12, 1776, passed by the Virginia Convention of Delegates, we have the Virginia Declaration of Rights. Now, I chose this document because it is one of the first modern documents of its kind that listed protection of individual rights. And it was an, a huge influence not only on the several giants of liberty that came from Virginia, that lived in Virginia at the time and would later come up, Men the likes of George Washington, George Mason, James Madison, Thomas Jefferson, Richard Henry Lee, later even John Marshall, who would go on to become the Supreme Court Justice, nominated by George Washington himself. And these, this Declaration of Rights eventually made its way into the Virginia Constitution. It was actually uh, set up as the Virginia Constitution because you got to keep in mind what time this is. This is June of 1776. Well, shortly after that, they found themselves an independent uh, set of colonies, and so they each colony was drafting its own constitution at that time. And this ended up the bill of, being the Bill of Rights for Virginia, and it made its way into the Virginia Constitution as such. So, like I said, it was it was an important document. It had a lot of influence at the time. Uh, at the same time, this this was passed on June 12th. Well, guess what? The Committee of Five with Thomas Jefferson and James Madison, Benjamin Franklin, and I don't remember the others, they, they were drafting the Declaration of Independence. Well, this came out early enough that it was able to influence Thomas Jefferson in his drafting of the Declaration of Independence. Also, Virginia was... A huge player is the largest colony, I believe, and it had a outsized influence on the uh, other 13 colonies while they were wrestling with their own struggle for independence and what that looked like and the rights of man. So Virginia, Massachusetts, two of the big players there. This document was primarily authored by George Mason. Uh, James Madison had a hand in it. A couple of people had a hand in it. 
in editing it. George Mason wrote the uh, original draft. Now, Mason would go on in later years to be opposed to the ratification of the Constitution. He would be what they they called an anti-federalist, which was really a, it was a misnomer, but I guess they kind of let it stick because they were not opposed to federalism. They were opposed to this monster state constitution that was so it was going to be such a powerful government, and Mason was totally opposed to ratification if they didn't provide a Bill of Rights prior to ratification. And of course, they were trying to rush it through and say, we promise we'll give you a Bill of Rights. If you must have a Bill of Rights, just sign it, and we'll give you a Bill of Rights afterwards. Mason didn't trust them. Neither did Patrick Henry, also from Virginia. He said, you're nuts if you think we're going to sign this. And then trust on a promise that we're going to get a Bill of Rights later because they wanted explicit limitations on the national government. And I think they were they were partially proved right because the list of uh, limits, the Bill of Rights that they wanted, I can't remember. It was There was like 20 or 30 of these Bills of Rights. And originally Madison, I, I believe, did have good intentions on following through on those promises. And they ended up getting 10. But I guess they were... They held their word in part, at least. So I'm going to go ahead and read this. It's not long. It's just a few articles. What is it? Uh, let's see here. 16 articles. The Virginia Declaration of Rights. And then at the end, I'll wrap up, uh, talk about a few of them, and I'll let you go. So here we go. The Virginia Declaration of Rights. Final draft, June 12th, 1776. A declaration of rights made by the representatives of the good people of Virginia, assembled in full and free convention, which rights do pertain to them and their posterity, as the basis and foundation of government. Article 1. That all men are by nature equally free and independent, and have certain inherent rights, of which, when they enter into a state of society, they cannot, by any compact, deprive or divest their posterity, namely, the enjoyment of life and liberty, with the means of acquiring and possessing property, and pursuing and obtaining happiness and safety. Article 2. That all power is vested in, and consequently derived from, the people, that magistrates are their trustees and servants, and at all times amenable to them. Article 3. That government is, or ought to be, instituted for the common benefit, protection, and security of the people, nation, or community. Of all the various modes and forms of government, that is best which is capable of producing the greatest degree of happiness and safety, and is most effectually secured against the danger of maladministration, and that, whenever any government shall be found inadequate or contrary to these purposes, a majority of the community hath an indubitable, unalienable, and indefeasible right to reform, alter, or abolish it, in such manner as shall be judged most conductive to the public weal. Article 4. That no man or set of men are entitled to exclusive or separate emoluments or privileges from the community, but in consideration of public services, which, not being descendable, neither ought the offices of magistrate, legislature, or judge be hereditary. Article 5. That the legislative and executive powers of the state should be separate and distinct from the judicative, and that the members of the two first may be restrained from oppression by feeling and participating the burthens of the people, 
they should, at fixed periods, be reduced to a private station, returned into that body from which they were originally taken, and the vacancies be supplied by frequent, certain, and regular elections in which all or any part of the former members to be again eligible or ineligible as the laws shall direct. Article 6. That elections of members to serve as representatives of the people in assembly ought to be free, and that all men, having sufficient evidence of permanent common interest with and attachment to the community, have the right of suffrage, and cannot be taxed or deprived of their property for public uses without their own consent or that of their representatives so elected, nor bound by any law to which they have not in like manner assented for the public good. Article 7. That all power of suspending laws or the execution of laws by any authority without consent of the representatives of the people is injurious to their rights and ought not to be exercised. Article 8. That in all capital or criminal prosecutions a man hath a right to demand the cause and nature of his accusation to be confronted with the accusers and witnesses, to call for evidence in his favor, and to a speedy trial by an impartial jury of his vicinage, without whose unanimous consent he cannot be found guilty, nor can he be compelled to give evidence against himself, that no man be deprived of his liberty except by the law of the land or the judgment of his peers. Article 9 that excessive bail ought not to be required, nor excessive fines imposed, nor cruel and unusual punishments inflicted. Article 10. That general warrants, whereby any officer or messenger may be commanded to search suspected places without evidence of a fact committed, or to seize any person or persons not named, or whose offense is not particularly described and supported by evidence, are grievous and oppressive and ought not to be granted. Article 11 that in controversies respecting property and in suits between man and man, the ancient trial by jury is preferable to any other and ought to be held sacred. Article 12. That the freedom of the press is one of the greatest bulwarks of liberty and can never be restrained but by despotic governments. Article 13. That a well-regulated militia, composed of the body of the people, trained to arms, is the proper, natural, and safe defense of a free state that standing armies in time of peace should be avoided as dangerous to liberty, and that in all cases the military should be under strict subordination to and governed by the civil power. Article 14. That the people have a right to uniform government, and therefore that no government separate from or independent of the government of Virginia ought to be erected or established within the limits thereof. Article 15. That no free government or the blessings of liberty, can be preserved to any people but by a firm adherence to justice, moderation, temperance, frugality, and virtue, and by frequent reoccurrence to fundamental principles. Article 16. That religion, or the duty which we owe to our Creator, and the manner of discharging it, can be directed by reason and conviction, not by force or violence, and therefore, all men are equally entitled to the free exercise of religion, according to the dictates of conscience, and that it is the mutual duty of all to practice Christian forbearance, love, and charity towards each other. Adopted unanimously June 12, 1776, Virginia Convention of Delegates. All righty. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. It's easy to see how that is a precursor to so many of the rights and freedoms we enjoy today and that we've seen wrestled with and developed over the last 200 years, and some of them may be eroded 
along with the development. I'd like to go back and hit that Article 15 and 16, that no free government or the blessings of liberty can be preserved to any people but by a firm adherence to justice, moderation, temperance, frugality, and virtue, and by frequent recurrence to fundamental principles. And I just want to point out this podcast is about liberty, what it is, and how you can defend it. Well, there you go. Preserving, defending to any people. Firm adherence to justice, moderation, temperance, frugality, and virtue. And a frequent recurrence to fundamental principles. Fundamental principles, I think, can imply, I think we can take that to imply a absolute moral standard. Fundamental principles. Well, if we are saying that there is no truth... If we're saying truth is relative, then we're going to rush headlong into injustice, immoderation, intemperance, frugal, infrugality, if that's a word, uh, the opposite of virtue, and we're just going to run headlong into all sorts of depravity, and that's going to require a police state and a tyranny. So we've been over this before. I just wanted to highlight that again. It starts with the individual Uh, so as the individual goes, the country goes. So make sure in your life you're adhering to justice, moderation, temperance, frugality, and virtue, and you're checking yourself against a frequent recurrence to fundamental principles, I'd say, the Bible. Compare yourself to the Bible. Don't compare yourself to the people down the road or the person you saw online at Walmart. Compare yourself to what God says about you in the Bible. Our sole rule standard of faith and practice. And I want to talk about Article 16, where we get uh, the precursor to our freedom of religion that was guaranteed in in, uh, the Bill of Rights for the national government years later. Well, this was June 12th, 1776, and as late as 1774, Baptist ministers were still being imprisoned in the state of Virginia, and there was still They said in this Article 16 in 1776, June 1776, that religion can be directed by reason and conviction, not by force or violence. All men are equally entitled to the free exercise of religion. And I'll note that James Madison actually changed it to the free exercise of religion. Uh, Originally penned by George Mason, that was actually going to say, what was it... Uh, All men should enjoy the fullest toleration in the exercise of religion. Madison changed it to its current final draft form. Well, if you work that out, then it should make sense that you're not being taxed to pay for a minister you're not using. Well, they were. All sorts of different sects, the Baptists included, were being forced to pay for a uh, Episcopal minister. Not sure if they called it Episcopal back then, but it was the State Church of Virginia. They were being forced to pay for it. Well, in October, there was the petition of the 10,000 for religious freedom. I'll link to it in the show notes, but or in the show notes in the um, description, rather. But it was basically saying, hey, us 10,000 people here signed are tired of paying taxes to support a minister that we don't that we don't use. Because ultimately, you think about it, what is taxation? Well, taxation is force and violence, which it says in Article 16 of this bill that they passed in June that 
religion can only be directed by reason and conviction, not by force or violence. So they're being inconsistent there. And this petition was influential in about a year, I think it was in June or July of 1777, Virginia abolished the state support, basically the state church was abolished. They, they were no longer required. Everybody was no longer taxed to pay for a state church minister. So I just want to point out, it's always good. Anytime we can lay out what we believe, we can say, this is what we declare, like the Declaration of Independence, these Declaration of Rights, uh, the various ones we've gone over, it's always good to lay out what we believe and press towards it, but realize that think it was Jefferson said the ground of liberty is to gained by is to be gained by inches and that that jives with real life with how you and I was just talking to my kids last night about how you you can build a Lego city it takes hours and days to build a Lego city but how fast does it take to tear it down no time at all and western civilization has been built over the centuries and it's being torn down in a relative sweep of the hand, you know, in the last hundred years. Well, because good is because a church has not adhered to justice, moderation, temperance, frugality, and virtue, and frequent recurrence to fundamental principles, again, I maintain that that has to be the Bible. We've forsaken it. We've let this, we've swallowed the postmodern and progressive lie of relative truth. So anyway, it's always good to state our state what we believe and hold the banner high, but realize it's going to be there's going to be growing pains. You're going to have, I mean, even the deck, the the principles set out in this bill, set out in the Declaration of Independence, they took so many years to come to fruition that you had women's suffrage and the black vote and later ending segregation and all that. You know, it took years. But the values were embodied in these early documents. On that note, actually, of uh, suffrage for black peoples, it's interesting to note that in Article 1, that phrase, quote, when they enter into a state of society, end quote, that was added by gentleman Edmund Pendleton so that they could cut out the slaves, because Virginia, obviously, being a slaveholding state, was... They, they couldn't imagine giving suffrage to the slaves. And so they put that, Pendleton had that put in there when they enter into a state of society to negate black suffrage because they obviously weren't, they felt, in a state of society. So I just thought that was interesting to note. Again, it's always good to say what we believe, but realize things take time to come to fruition. They take courageous people standing up or remaining seated in some cases on a bus to work these things out, to force the antithesis, if you want to put it that way, to use the modern lingo. All right, well, there's a lot more that could be said, but I think they pretty much speak for themselves. It's easy to see how these, these found their way into other founding documents You've been with me long enough. If you listened last year to a lot of the other stuff, you've seen how these thoughts developed. Nothing just came. Nobody just woke up one day and came up with this stuff. It was written by people right, putting pen to paper over decades 
hundreds of years, really. This goes back to Locke. This goes back to Algernon Sidney. goes back all the way to the Magna Carta. I mean, the rights, the rights of man were developed, and, and this was all developed, and it was specifically developed, I'd say, obviously, in the presence of the kingdom of God, of the church. None of this happens without the kingdom of God. I, in researching this, I read one, one thing that was poo-pooing Articles uh, 15 about it being moralizing. Well, about Article 15 being the one where it says, no, no free government or blessings of liberty can be preserved to any people but by those list of things, uh, justice, moderation, temperance, etc. And they were kind of poo-pooing that. Well, they want the fruit of what that got you. They want the fruit of the Great Awakening, all these rights of man, and abolition of man by C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis put it somewhere, I'm going to butcher it because it's been a while since I've read it, but he, he likens the progressivism where they're, they're trying to cut out the roots. They say they're, they're sawing the limb that they're sitting on off. They're trying, you, can't, you just can't do it. All right, well, I am going to go back to bed. I couldn't sleep, so I came and recorded this episode. I want to go back to bed, and hopefully I can get another episode out to make up for the one I lost, and then maybe I'll even record one for July. Uh, we'll see. It's going to be a busy week, but hopefully you enjoyed this. Hopefully you learned. I just encourage you to think think about this stuff, care about your liberty, understand where your liberty comes from, and ultimately mind your liberty.